Welcome to a Plan for That podcast with Erin and Vince, where each week we will give you our two cents on the storm of a news cycle and meet with progressive leaders and activists to elect an army of progressives and have big structural fun together. I'm Erin, a recently activated lightning bolt of energy that demands progressive change, and I won't back down and I'm bringing the crowd with me. Vince? What's good, everybody? I'm Vince. I'm a recovering journalist who has spent the last couple of years working on the fringes of the Democratic establishment out here in the Rocky Mountain West. And I am very excited to finally put my library of knowledge on organizing and taking actual action to use for you, everybody who has all of this anger, has all of these feelings, and just needs a little bit of direction here on A Plan for That. Aaron, how are you? How was your weekend? So my weekend was um, actually pretty upsetting. Um, No, I know. I'm sorry to say this, listeners, because the weather was beautiful. And I wish I could echo its its uh, majesty out there with the colors and the sunshine. Uh, But unfortunately, I made a decision after a very long shop online stint because of COVID. I made a decision to venture out, shall we say? The time never one... could have been better to do it, right? The president has 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 COVID. Obviously, everybody's going to be taking extra precaution right now. <laughs> yeah, not so much. And apparently, his messaging on "Don't fear COVID, everything's just gravy. Everyone do whatever you would do normally" is really taken hold because when I was in a uh, small store, and I'm not going to give them free advertising, so we'll just say small store. Um, <laughs> This woman was literally right behind me to the point where I could feel her presence on my neck. And I politely asked her to please step back to the six feet that is denoted on the floor so that we could both remain safe and I could continue to keep my family safe. And her quote to me, listeners, was, and I kid you not, yeah, well, you know that one of these days life will occur again. And sometimes you just have to get over the fear and get back into it. I kid you not. That's 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 so constructive and so helpful. I feel like it's 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 like seeing a forest fire. I'm in Colorado. There's forest fires around me everywhere. And looking at the forest fire and saying, yeah, but we can't fear those flames. Let's go play on that tire swing in the middle of that before we address the actual you know, inferno around us. Exactly right. When you have a disinformer in chief in the White House, there is a serious problem with information, or shall we say misinformation, being distributed through media, through social media, and of course, through the propagandist media that all right-wingers seem to really enjoy listening to. And that's really like the, the, the story for me from the weekend isn't that the president of the United States uh, caught the hoax that he was insisting exi- didn't exist. Um, it's it's, it's the, the four years of misinformation and disinformation, propaganda and lies surrounding this administration made it impossible for anybody anywhere to actually know what was going on. Immediately, half the country was asking, does the president have COVID? The other half was asking, oh my gosh, is he going to survive? Like nobody even knew whether or not this thing was real. We still don't know if this is real. We still don't actually know if he was on steroids. But that's so much the issue here is is his misinformation, the propaganda it just makes it, we can't trust anything that this, that this administration says. And then out of all of this, the only clear thing that they are saying is, Everything's going to be fine. This is no big deal, which is only just more dangerous on top of all of that. 
Yeah, I hear you, Vince. I don't even know what's worse. This dear leader, any minute he's going to be riding on the back of a horse shirtless like his hero, Vladimir Putin, or our stupid mainstream media who seems to fall for this hook, line, and sinker and single-handedly trying to canonize him for being the leader he isn't and getting him reelected when they know what a danger and a threat he is to this country. They've known since 2016. Do not be fooled. Well, I am very like I was grossed out. I am so sorry to hear about your your bad shopping experience. I was I was grabbing the back of my neck just thinking about people's breath on it. Like it's been long since I've had to feel it. Like think about that. It's it's gross. But I mean, I unfortunately I have a real world example of this rhetoric spilling out too. Um, this morning, once again, the authoritarian Democratic mayor of uh, Denver, Colorado, sweeped the unhoused uh, with no options and nowhere to go violently with the Denver police force off of the public spaces on the city sidewalk. And uh, while I went down to demand that you know their belongings not be loaded into dumpsters and trash trucks with front end loaders uh, but you know they be allowed to pack and move on peacefully um, police officers were not wearing masks uh, spe- spokespersons weren't wearing masks and one of them did mumble you know to us that even the president got better that this is no big deal and and, and I mean we're, we're seeing that rhetoric spin out of control and spin into the real world into people who you know, have control, unfortunately, over our lives. It's it's no bueno. Absolutely, Vince. And honestly, my heart goes out to the people who lost 210,000 and counting souls because it is a big deal and it isn't something to toy with. I send prayers to them every single day and I join those prayers with all of my family looking to new leadership ASAP. It's it's hard it's hard to think about and it's even harder to do this transition onto our next story which is another bad bad you know bad thing that's happening um, while we are combating misinformation about how to deal with COVID and, and be properly prepared for this pandemic we're also trying to figure out how to get people to the polls right now and uh, that includes in Philadelphia Pennsylvania where there is just not great things happening. Uh, you know, at the poll boxes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give a shout out to Rachel Maddow for covering this because it is an important story. And she does listen to us when we scream at her on Twitter to cover things. <laughs> so thank you, Rachel. Um, in Philadelphia, the Republican caucus that is at the state level, we're not talking about feds now, we're talking about the state level. Um, so the legislature is trying to subpoena ballots as ballots are still coming in and thereby trying to invalidate the process so that the election can be swung for uh, the traitor-in-chief in the White House right now, as opposed to a legitimate election where all votes are counted and everyone has their voice represented. So I, I, I don't know if I fully understand. So subpoenaing the ballots, they're asking to see the ballots before they're officially counted on Election Day, because I know in, in, it, it is my understanding of this. Is that is that right? That's correct. They're trying anything and everything. It's like if everyone out there has ever made pasta, it's like throwing pasta against the wall and seeing if it'll stick. That's okay. So I'm going to back this up a step, too, because I I, I grew up in Pennsylvania and and voting in Pennsylvania is difficult. When I was a student at Penn State, uh, I, I, I vote I was fortunate enough to vote for Barack Obama a second time around. And uh, and it took me three different polling locations in one election day and a entire day of missed classes to be able to cast that ballot in Pennsylvania. Um, since then, I've moved to Colorado where it's so easy to vote. It's it's it's, it's amazing. Um, and for people who 
are in the sad states like Pennsylvania who have never dealt with mail-in balloting. Um, here's a spoiler that I didn't know until I, until I, I learned it myself in Colorado. They don't start counting those ballots until Election Day. They, they see them pile up. They come in the mail, but it's not like they're preemptively counting them. It's not like they're opening them. It's not like there is some special start on Election Day. Like There is still the full counting process that's going uh, that, 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 that we expect to happen on Election Day. Um, that's why the count is so difficult to do, and we're starting to discuss the red mirage right now. So effectively, the Pennsylvania Republicans are trying to open the secret ballots before Election Day to prove that people are tampering with the process. Exactly. And I'm so glad that you brought up how the vote is tallied because our next week's guest is going to be Jennifer Cohn, who is going to tell us specifically about modems and the role that modems can play in our election insecurity, perhaps. Um, That's going to be a very needed conversation. But don't worry, because we're coming with some really good news. It can't all be dark, doom and gloom. After a quick break, we're going to talk a little bit about how political money can be used, about how advertising can be used, and about how you can get to work or about how people are getting to work to put progressives in office. I'll see you on the other side. Do you know what it means to have health insurance for the first time? It's a gigantic relief. It's everything, especially in this pandemic. John Hickenlooper expanded health coverage for 500,000 Coloradans. If it were not for John Hickenlooper, I would not have health insurance today. Without John Hickenlooper, I wouldn't have health insurance. With the pandemic, he has taken the burden off so many families. I'm John Hickenlooper, and I approve this message. He actually listens to you. He cares about the people first. Aaron was not wrong about the weather being great over the weekend, but now there, I feel like there's a dark cloud hanging over us, and that's not the point of a plan for that. So let's start building a ladder up and out of this. And please, Aaron, tell us how we're going to do that. Excellent. As always, you know, first I vent and scream, and then I come up with a plan. So this is what we're doing. We are going to talk later in this episode about another miracle that Karen Sung, our friend, has put together called Five Seats to Beat the Cheat. This refers, ladies and gentlemen, to the nightmare scenario that we touched on last episode. For those of you who missed last episode, that is about the president trying to get electors to have non-confidence in the winner of the election and instead vote for him. That's at the state level. It is something that we can fight. We are very close. And yay, let's go there. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to mention really quickly, I won't shout out the campaign because I understand people wanting their privacy. Um, But as you all know, I am volunteering for nine campaigns at this point. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Um, And as I was on the training session, uh, we had some kind of a technical snafu to where I had to talk to ask a question over the Zoom. As soon as I asked my question, I was hit with a private message saying, you're Aaron, you're from that show, the plan for that. So listeners, awesome. We love recognizing you as you recognize us. We're so glad that you're having fun and we're definitely having fun too. Let's go elect an army of progressives. Let's absolutely do that. That's so cool. I'm just going to continue to pretend that absolutely nobody is listening because that is right inside of my comfort zone. But I love knowing that everybody is out there. It's I, I, I love seeing your tweets and reviews and all of it so as long as it's positive keep keep getting in my dms because i I appreciate it y'all absolutely and vince i couldn't be more excited than our guest today alex lawson who comes to us 
from Operation Frederick Douglass, which is a uh, super PAC that is starting off as a major ad creator. Think the opposite of Project Lincoln, y'all. This is a super PAC that's making ads for progressives that's on our side. And yeah, that means your small dollar donation should be going her way. Hi, Alex. We're so glad to have you with us. This is so exciting to have you on. I love being able to talk about ways to put actual dollars to work for progressives instead of sending it to a giant party where you're never going to see it again or to a candidate who might not hold uphold your, your policy positions. So it's, it's so great to have a pack on the show. <laughs> Yay! I like it when money's used for good things, don't you? <laughs> Especially in a world where we, I mean, progressives, we've grown up hearing about Citizens United and the need to get money out of politics and corporate personhood and PACs being bad and ban all lobbyists. Just a plug, we are going to have a, a lobbyist on the show who is anti-lobbyist. So it is, I mean, it's, it's all about playing, it's playing the game as the rules are written right now. And it is important for progressives to put their dollars where our policy is and really fight for what we have. So Operation Frederick Douglass. Opfredo, as I am calling it. What's going on there? What do people absolutely need to know that you've created here, Alex? Okay, so um, basically a quick rundown of why we exist is we're, we're pretty brand new, but um, after we saw the corporate media basically put their thumb on the scales for the primary and then the deep stakes and all that, um, we start, me and uh, my co-founder realized that there isn't a voice for a non-centrist perspective in the news and the media um it's just completely missing and uh that we needed to get loud and how can we do that and then we started to see like the impact that like lincoln project was having but we know that they're not really our friends they're still republicans um and you know they're the money that democrats are giving them is going to be used against them come november um you know they they're they've been pretty silent on the whole judge thing but uh we, we, <laughs> we basically just were like, we have to get loud. How can we do that? Okay, so let's, let's make some ads. Okay, how do you get donations so that you can keep making the ads? And we realized we have to be a super PAC. And um, we are a super PAC that are all against Citizens United. <laughs> but you've got to play the game. You've got you to fight power with power. And, you know, purity tests have no place in a politics that that we're fighting against people that will go to any lengths to stop you. So we uh, we basically put all our effort into media creation and uh, we created, I think, six ads now. Um, we've endorsed uh, 10 candidates so far um, and we're basically focused on slowly uh, uh, creating a whole media apparatus that is ads that is podcasts that is you know earned media and tv spots that can combat this cnn msnbc narrative that's really one note and corporate focused and not really serving the interests of the people you're exactly right alex and i am so glad that you pointed that out because i want to shout back to our previous episode with tahid chapelle who taught us, gang, that the corporate media agenda is for the white man in power, and it seeks to hold him in power. So it is so important to have Operation Frederick Douglass out there. And why don't you go ahead and tell us specifically who you are augmenting with Operation Frederick Douglass, because I'm so excited about it, Alex. Our biggest uh, focus is promoting progressive values, feminism, racial justice, and education 
and um, you know, uh, uplifting those ideals and making those ideals uh, consumable even to people that don't necessarily um, identify as progressive, but maybe they believe these things. I know that that's a lot of, um, for example, Elizabeth Warren's campaign. She brought in a lot of people that don't normally identify as progressives, um, but they, but the way she explained everything made it make sense to support these policies and these values. And you know that's what we need. We need somebody that's not going to scaremonger, that's not going to scare people away from these really popular ideas that will make our lives better. And right now, I don't think we have that. We don't have somebody that's that's uh, or a media apparatus that's making these these very popular concepts consumable and and uh, acceptable to people so that they can embrace them. It's so especially important right now to have that exact answer as we as we also talk about the comparisons of Operation Frederick Douglass against Lincoln Project, too, because 70 percent of people are going to be swayed more by positive messages about your candidate than negative messaging about the other candidate. And for months, we've been inundated with uh, Lincoln Project's negative messaging about uh, uh, Donald Trump, while people like themselves and Mike Bloomberg promise all of these billion dollar ad campaigns about the positive messaging around Joe Biden. We had a homework assignment a couple of episodes ago dedicated to finding positive messaging for Joe Biden, everybody. Mine was pre-K. Um, and, and, and it's yet to be seen because we need the, because we need to do more than just tear down the people we dislike. We also need to prop up the people that we love. And uh, yeah, it's you are definitely filling a void. It is great to have Operation Frederick Douglass join this really wonderful progressive playing field that we've built for ourselves out of the, uh, the 2019 primaries. Absolutely. And there's something beautiful, you guys, about it being Warren Democrats who are united together, because when Warren Democrats come together, whether it's Operation Frederick Douglass, a plan for that pod or the coming podcast that I'm sure we're going to listen to, it's all about electing an army of progressives. And I'm so excited. So the tent poles of Operation Frederick Douglass are organize, create, mobilize, which I absolutely love because I like anything that will fit onto a sign that I can lift aloft. Um, uh, but let's break that down a little bit more. Step one is organize. What, what, what's Operation Frederick Douglass doing in the moment to help organize? Um, just basically helping. Uh, we're actually having some guest bloggers on soon. So that that's going to help people um, with some action items, things that they can do right now um, to to make sure that they understand like certain concepts and how they can participate in, in moving these concept, concepts forward. For example, I think a really good example actually is um, how easy it is to take over the DNC. So we have a few guest bloggers lined up to start talking about these concepts. So people realize, okay, not only can you vote for your state ledge that we're gonna say, okay, these are the best people to vote for in your state ledge so that we can get you know a popular vote initiative passed, but you can also just take a DNC chair like there are very small things that have big consequences that, that we can organize people to do just by educating them. Like I had no idea that it was so easy to take over the DNC. The reason that I'm about to say this name and we know it is because of the DNC chair, Pete Buttigieg. Like that was that was a platform that he was he was he was able to run for president off of this one teeny like seemingly teeny tiny step. It's, it's really just organizing people around these ideas and concepts that they maybe just don't know enough about to really feel like they can be impactful to do anything. I love it. 
I'm so excited for you filling the void as well with the media. I, I want to do everything I can to help you get to that future step that you're envisioning because let me tell you, Elizabeth Warren is so prescient when she says, if you don't have a seat at the table, you're probably on the menu. I know that that is something that our leaders have quoted over the years, and I'm so glad that she's stuck with that attitude because she couldn't be more right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's exactly what I see every day when I when I turn on you know corporate media is that I see them falling for the same things they did in 2016. As far as Donald Trump goes, I see them them shooing away anything that actually could help us, like expanding the port. And you know, it's it's always taken like the talking points are almost Republican. I remember in the primary, it, like all the questions were from like a Republican standpoint when they'd ask the, the, the candidates any questions in the debates. It was always like, like, how much is healthcare going to cost? Not like, not instead of asking, like, how much does it cost to have people that, that are uninsured come into your hospital with stage four cancer? You know, it, everything was always framed from this fear mongering perspective. So yeah, it's, it's obviously bad for MSNBC corporate executives for progressive policies to get passed. It's obviously bad if a two cent wealth tax passes through MSNBC corporate executives, <laughs> but, but they're never gonna they're never gonna support a candidate that that is for those things, even though those things are popular, even with Republicans. Even Republicans support a wealth tax, <laughs> but you will never know about it if all you watch is CNN and MSNBC. So it, it's so important to have something out there that isn't seen as extreme, like you know, like I don't know, certain left media is seen in an extreme way and they're, they're, they have purity tests and stuff that make people feel like that they can't really watch those channels or whatever or you know that that media um but also isn't towing this line for for consensus building among like centrism which isn't really what people actually want you know it's just nobody really wants lack of action on the democratic side the reason the republicans keep winning every four years or so is because not only because they cheat, but also because people aren't voting because they do vote for Democrats and then they don't see the progress happening that they want. They actually do want to vote for something, not just against something. <laughs> so It really is so much more fun to support something than it is to fight against something all the time. Like back in the day when I had the bandwidth for sports, I really used to love having a team that I could cheer for. And I, I feel like that's a big part of the void in, in, in 2020 as a lot of us are, are, are fighting and, and we don't have a whole lot to cheer for. So it's good to build toward. Absolutely. And I'm actually glad that you said what you did about um, people being disenchanted when they see that no one's fighting for them because there was actually a beautiful tweet. I mentioned it on a past episode, but I'm going to do it again because it could not be more perfect. Um, I don't remember the author, so author, please forgive me if you're listening to this episode. I did not mean to not shout you out. Um, but the tweet said, I'm so glad that we worked our butts off in 2018 and donated and, and volunteered and canvassed so that we could have really strong Democrats who could fight this attack on our daily democracy like they haven't in any way anywhere <laughs> yeah it's so true it's there's you know there is that mobilizing to like get some oversight or to get you know people that'll fight for you and then when it doesn't happen it makes you feel like well what, why did I do all this why did I march why did I organize why did I make phone calls you know you you can't 
I think our objective is to, to help people understand that you can't just vote blue no matter who. You can't just vote for an empty blue suit. You know, the no matter who part is the who is like the important part, right? <laughs> you know, there's there's Elizabeth Warrens and then there's mansions, right? Like there's there's two kinds of Democrats and we need the fighters. We need the people in the ring that remember what it's like to struggle, that, you know, aren't totally disconnected, that haven't let the beltway go to their head. We need people that are are in it, you know, and are ready to do whatever it takes. Right now in Colorado, the uh, the the local Channel Seven did a story on a, on a several electeds. All of them happened to be Democratic socialists, uh, and they posed the stupid question: um, Should elected officials participate in protest? Which, <sighs> to rephrased is: Should political leaders play politics? Which it's it's it was it was like yeah it was a very damaging very silly uh, story that they've put out here in the last couple of days and and rightfully many people have jumped on de- like that they that they didn't include any far right Republican elected leaders who participated in anti COVID protection um, uh, actions over the summer or who have been literally marching with three percent or white nationalist groups here in Colorado over the last couple of weeks but only included women people of color and uh, and socialists in 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 their um in their coverage of should activists and yes yes that's what it's all about people who who care and are in the streets and are fighting we should absolutely be working our butts off to get those people elected and in office because they actually care about the people's interests like oh i just it 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 rung all the bells when you when you said when when you started talking about that alex because it just put that article and how and how inane the concept of political leaders not being allowed to protest like the left is punished for so much that 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 is just part of it like yes political leaders should protest that's what they do (laughs) amen and i i can't help but repeat the phrase that y'all see me say all the time on my twitter feed at wellness for you 13 for those of you who want to scream into the void with me um progressives are leaders who lead alex tell us how to elect leaders who lead now please yeah, what's that? What's that? What's that mobilized part of the the tent poles? Yeah, so um, we've endorsed ten really awesome Democrats um, who are just fighters. One of them is Cori Bush, who is totally my inspiration. I'm obsessed with her, and it really goes back to what you were saying about about who marches because she was in Ferguson and she she's been an or a Black Lives Matter organizer for a long time, and she has been in it. And I love that she says that she's close to the pain, that she still remembers what it's like to sleep in her car and worry about rent and worry about bills and to not know where she, what was gonna happen to her. That's who we need. We need people that are close to the pain, that are close to people uh, and what their daily experience is. And that's, that is like the litmus test for me about who is electable, who's the right person to, to vote for. Are people, that, that tell, you know, the people that tell you their life stories and they have some struggle in their life, you know? I I personally don't think we should start, we should be electing people that make more than $50 million a year. Like, I just think <laughs> there's like any way you can possibly understand what it's like for the rest of us when you, you, ha- you live in a totally different reality. Congratulations, you won capitalism. You don't get to play government. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Kelly Loeffler. She like bought her seat. She bought her seat because she's super rich. She wasn't even elected and she bought her seat. Um, and she's pretty much the worst. <laughs> so. 
Listen up, everybody, everybody. Raphael Warnock is in a special election race against Kelly Leffler, who actually is not an elected official. She was appointed. What that means, listeners, is that when he wins, we don't talk about if, when he wins, he will be immediately sworn in. That means no waiting until January. And alert, 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 that means an extra vote on the SCOTUS decision, i.e. we need to get him in there. We need to help him win. Please donate to Raphael Warnock. Go volunteer for him. It's loads of fun. Take it from me. I do it every day. Yes, and he's not running against Ossoff. (laughs) People get confused and think that they're running against each other, but they're both running. You can vote for both of them. Yes, yes. Two seats in Georgia. Two. One, two. (laughs) I I, I have heard from organizer friends in Georgia that anybody who is doing work for one is doing work for the other right now. And so so make sure you're doing it and putting it in for both. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful, guys. We love that. More of that, please. Cooperation for progressive power. I love it. Who else are we mobilizing for? So that's two of the 10. I don't know if we have time to do all 10, but who else are we really excited about right now? Um, Beth Dolio. She's a sleeper candidate. Like a lot, I don't see people talking about her a lot, but she's been endorsed by Bernie. She's been endorsed by Warren. She's up against a really corporate Democrat. She's got a lot of organizing chops. She worked in the state legislature. She's awesome. She's all for the Green New Deal. She's really big on on climate stuff. She's just fantastic. She's in Washington, so check her out. Um, she's just, she's amazing. She's got like every endorsement that you could possibly want in a candidate, you know, that to know that they're like the real deal. She's wonderful. Um, uh, Jamal Bowman is another one. And we, we just, we love what happened in New York this year with progressives. Um, Jamal Mondaire, like we just killed it this year in New York. Um, we have Eliza Orleans, who is uh, man- running for Manhattan DA next year uh, against Cy Vance, who's, uh, you know what, probably partially responsible for the fact that we have Trump because he could have prosecuted Trump about a decade ago and didn't do it. Um, and we and we love Eliza on this show 100%. So any, any, any 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to hear a lot more on her after the election. We're, we're hitting hard for Eliza. We love her. Oh, she's amazing. She's amazing. Her heart's fully in it. And she will fight for the least of us. And she will she will not be prosecuting people for things they don't deserve to go to jail for. Is that's you know we need more of that in this world. You know, we need less carceral system and more rehabilitation and more help to people. So, totally. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, I think our our focus is also just making sure that we uh, we endorse state races and that kind of thing as well because, you know, your state legislators late legislatures matter so much. Um, we have uh, how many state legislatures do we have to? Flip 10, I think, only to get to the, the national popular vote interstate compact to get it to pass completely. Mm-hmm. So yes. four years and we only have 10 legislatures to flip. It's not that many seats. So like, for example, somebody we haven't endorsed, but you should really vote for in Florida 88 is Omari Hardy. He's really progressive and he's amazing and he will help flip Florida so that we can pass it here. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really important up and down the ballot to just to just really like ha- listen to what who's who is endorsing these people, what do they stand for, 
you know, uh, just be informed about every single decision you make when you vote. Um, you know, I even look up the judges. I, I look up everybody before I vote, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's hard with judges sometimes. Um, but usually you can see who they were appointed by. I can kind of figure it out. So. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that because I will say listeners personally, when we were voting for our Illinois ballot, um, it, it literally was almost impossible to find the party affiliation. And I had to go back to articles that were written about them to learn what they actually align with. And Alex, you're so right. It's almost like a, like a quest to find out what their party affiliation is sometimes. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. It's to be apolitical, right? But, you know, for me, I had on our ballot, we had like two appointed by DeSantis and two appointed by Scott. So they were all like hard nose for me. Uh-huh. That makes it pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm really glad that you mentioned that you have some Bernie, um, some Bernie shout outs too, because to have Warren and Bernie supporters unite means a win. Okay, look at what happened with Ed Markey. That is what happens when progressives come together. The end. Yes. Yeah, I love Corey. I, you know, I know Warren didn't endorse her for whatever reason. But you know, she, she's, she's an inspiration. And she's going to do the work. And you know, I have no doubt that they'll be they'll be all allying when they're in Congress. So you know, to me, it's it's not there, whatever wars there were in the primary or whatever. It's just not worth even relitigating because our power is in numbers and is in all coming together because we all believe in the same stuff. You know, we all believe in the same policies and we believe that healthcare is a human right and that climate change, you know, is an existential crisis. We believe in these things and we have to get together and be loud and use pressure campaigns to make the changes that we need to happen. We cannot let be drowned out by MSNBC and CNN anymore. We have to get as loud as we can so that we can get our electeds to do the right thing. And, you know, we are electing people that will on their own, but we also have a lot of people in office that have been there for way too long and are way disconnected and need the pressure on them. They need a little bit of like a kick in the ass to do the right thing. <laughs> I hear you. One hundred percent. They're getting it. They're getting it from PG and E and Comcast and whoever else is donating to their campaigns. They need to hear it from their constituents. They need to hear it from us so that they're not just kowtowing to whatever their corporate donors want them to do. So you know, I mean, there's a got there's a reason that gun control, which is what ninety six percent favorable or something like that, like has not passed yet. You know, mm -hmm. so it's it's about time that we got as loud as they are. And part of, I mean, arguably on top of that, part of the reasons that our, our progressive policies are so easy to divide is because we've had so few leaders inside of progressive politics. And, and I mean, we saw it with the Warren Bernie, you know, pseudo division that happened that is all it's so easy to repair y'all because let's just elect so many progressives that we can't point to the one who is doing it, that there's hundreds of us doing it. It's all about building that army of progressives, not following the one leader at the top of the pyramid. That's authoritarian nonsense for Trumpers. Um, organize mobilize those are two of the tent poles create is the third we are going to play an op frederick douglas uh ad today uh, after we finish talking to alex but i want to get into a little bit about what you're trying to create and what kind of messaging you're trying to put out with your ads um because we did we did absolutely and rightfully attack lincoln project over always being negative so let's also uh, uh push put some put some positive light on what op fred's doing wow what what, what is your content strategy over there 
So um, we, we have done a couple anti-Trump ads um, just because people weren't hitting them on a couple of things. But honestly, uh, most of our ads, we try to, even if we say what the problem is, we always try to give you hope and inspiration about what you can do about it. You know, there's, it, it's never just, this is what's wrong because that doesn't help anybody. It's, this is what, this is what's wrong, but this is how we can make it better. Um, but we want to inspire hope and we want to make people feel powerful because you are. And I think the biggest trick that, that the media plays on you is feeling like, like you're just one person and you can't do anything and you don't understand how powerful you are. You know, there's, there's so much power in the people and the people just have to feel like they have that power. So, you know, our messaging is so focused on just making sure people feel like or understand the power that they have and that people can do something with it. Even if it's something small, like running for city council, like you don't understand how, how even just how running for city council can be a transformative thing for your entire community. So your power exists in your voice and in your actions. And it's not, you're not just one person, like there's so many of us. And if we get together and we do something, we can make, we can overpower MSNBC. Because you know what? They're all saying the same shit for 24 hours a day. Like, <laughs> they're not saying anything that we haven't heard before. If you watch one show and then the next show, with a few exceptions, like Rachel Maddow, but with a few exceptions, besides those people, if you watch one show and then the next and the next, you'll hear the same variation or uh, the same message with a different variation over and over and over again. So if we're saying something different and doing something different, we're going to get attention. We're going to get we're gonna get eyes on us just because we're doing something different, you know, and because we're not repeating the same shit these people have heard a million times. You know, my mom spews CNN brain at me all the time. <laughs> and I, I always have to like refocus her and be like, no, actually, you know, like you just sound like I, I just heard that on CNN, now you're saying it. But if you're, if you're not, if you're saying something different, you're gonna get the people's attention. So it's a matter of just, asking people to think differently, asking people to know that they have power within them to do something, that they're not just one person, that one person is, is actually like a really powerful thing. Um, and, and all of our content really centers around that, giving people hope and, and action items and education so that they feel like they can be a part of something that is more meaningful than, than just, you know, these, these playing small politics that we've seen from a lot of our leadership right now, you know, we, we need to demand better and we can, we can, there's no reason that we can't. Amen. I, that is just, I, I just see us as such a natural synergy together, you know, (laughs) because that's what we're doing too. And I, I really feel like even in in addition to all of the really popular polling uh, progressive policies, you know what I bet we could pull in almost 99% of the country on, especially right now? Anti-corruption. <laughs> I want a list of candidates who will pass anti-corruption plan set out by Elizabeth Warren. L- give me a list. Send it to me. I'll sign up for everything. Let's go. <laughs> We actually recently made a video about corruption and it was all narrated by Elizabeth Warren. Nobody likes it. Even far right Republicans hate it. Yeah. Wants to feel like Comcast gets to decide shit for us. Like nobody wants to feel like that. Um, Alex, we always love to ask our guests where people should be sending their small dollar donations. Obviously, Opfred Douglas wants your money and will happy happily take it, everybody. So before you go anywhere else, before you listen to anything else, send three, five, ten dollars to Operation Frederick Douglas. But 
who else should they be supporting? Where else should their dollars be going? Florida Rights Rest Restoration Coalition is for ex-felons to be able to be able to vote. It helps pay off their bail. So um, there are so many ex-felons in Florida that now suddenly have the right to vote if they can get their, not their bail, sorry, their, um, their court fees and stuff paid off in advance. So FRRC.org is helping pay them off and, um, and getting these people voting. So they're educating them, they're telling them where to go because they've been out of being able to vote for so long that they need just the education of like how to vote, where to vote, all this kind of stuff. And it really, it could make a huge difference in Florida. Um, so it's another really, really good organization. I'm so glad you brought that up because we all know Mike Bloomberg didn't get it done. No, no, he's raising money. <laughs> Excuse me while I scream. <laughs> a billionaire raises money. Yeah, that is so. So just give it away, fool. And also a reminder to Florida state leadership, poll taxes are illegal. And that is what this is. Thank you so much, Alex, for reminding everybody to help combat the poll taxes that are going on in Florida. Now, please, I'm asking you to plug yourself because <laughs> I want our listeners to also be able to give you some love. Where's the website to get to, to check out Operation Frederick Douglas? What's the social handles? What are your social handles? Okay, easiest thing to remember is opfd.us. And that'll redirect you to the long one. Um, my Twitter handle is Alex Lawson OFD. Our organization's Twitter handle is Operation, oh, sorry, OPF Douglas, OPF Douglas, at OPF Douglas on Twitter. And it's Operation Frederick Douglas on Instagram, spelled all the way out, and it's OPF Douglas on Facebook. <laughs> Yay. It's also really all readily available in this week's uh, show notes. You can all go, you can click it if you're listening to this in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and everything and just go straight there too. Absolutely. And we're going to be amplifying like a tidal wave so that we can work together to elect an army of progressives up and down the ballot Everyone will hear us roar. As you like to say, take it away, Alex. What is your slogan? We are the thunder. As Frederick Douglass once put it, Fellow citizens, above your national tumultuous joy, I hear the mournful wail of millions. and see other people dying on the street that should have the same opportunities that I've had. This moment in our history has been a long time coming, but a change has come. People ask me, when would you be satisfied with the number of women on the court? And my answer is, when they're alive. Women do not need to be empowered. They need men to get the barriers out of the way, and they will show you how powerful that they are. I don't think that we're radicals. I think the system yeah. is radically wrong. This issue, it is a culture of lack of impunity, of accepting of violence and violent language against women, and an entire structure of power that supports that. Education means emancipation. Millions and millions of black and Latino kids will go through a public education system that does not educate them. I believe it is time in America to make a new investment in public education. The right to learning should be given to every child. The subject of today's History at Home lesson is on Frederick Douglass. <laughs> Our squad includes any person committed to building a more equitable and just world. And given the size of this squad, 
We cannot, we will not be silenced. We need the storm, the whirlwind, the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed. And the crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. Welcome back to a Plan for That podcast with Aaron and Vince. Boy, Vince, I feel fired up and ready to go. I am so glad that Alex Lawson came to talk to us about Operation Frederick Douglass. I couldn't be more in line with what they're doing, what they're trying to create, and, and what the goal is, which is to elect an army of progressives. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, absolutely. I feel the same. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I feel good. There was, I mean, it's, it's amazing. We, we, we do this show every week and we, we kind of start out with some doom and gloom because we live in a world of doom and gloom. And by the end of it, I, I'm sitting a little bit taller and feeling a little bit better about the future. I'm definitely excited about Operation Frederick Douglass existing, especially as a, a, a pretty frustrated progressive who loves crooked media. Um, Dan Pfeiffer's book, Untrumping America, ends with a call for people to, to build more media platforms akin to Crooked and that Crooked can't be the only one in the space. And, uh, and to have a, a, a less centrist, more progressive voice enter this space like Operation Frederick Douglass and start to build that kind of a media platform, um, it's, it's sorely needed. It's really cool to see. Um, and, uh, and I absolutely love that ad that we just heard from them. And I can't wait to hear more in the years to come. Absolutely. And guys, if you haven't already seen it, we're going to be amplifying their amazing ad content on our Twitter feed at the plan for that pod handle as well as our personal handles. I've already begun the process and I know Vince, you've seen it out there too. Yeah, definitely, definitely make sure that you are uh, following the show at a plan for that pod on Twitter because you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be posting their ads, we'll be posting everything there and it is where to see everything that you are hearing this week. Um, pinned right now at the top of that Twitter profile are the five seats to beat the cheat. Um, friend of the show, Karen Song, uh, continues to fill us in as we race towards the finish line here in uh, the finish line. Election day is not a finish line as listeners of this show. know. as we race towards election day, um, what we really, really, really need to focus on. And I know that with only 28 days left by the time this episode comes out, we are in crunch time. So Aaron, the five seats to beat the cheat. What are we focusing on? Absolutely. So after this show drops, I am going to be amplifying the website. Um, It is actually super easy to donate to all five seats without having to do all the searching for private Twitter accounts, especially uh, the candidate Twitter accounts themselves. So that's kind of nice. I like not having 50 million Act Blue receipts. It's just one stop shop to make sure that Trump can't steal the election. The five seats that will help us win and stop the cheat of the election by Donald Trump is Elise Galvin in Alaska, Hillary Shulton in Michigan, Kathleen Williams in Montana, Eugene De Pasquale in Pennsylvania, and Mike Siegel in Texas. Some of these candidates are already people that you know that I've been volunteering for. Some of them are a little new to our volunteer call to action. This is the call to action, you guys. We must swing these five seats so that he cannot cheat. 
those five states in quick succession. Again, Alaska, Michigan, Texas, Pennsylvania, Montana. I have definitely made it clear that I grew up in Pennsylvania, and that gives me the, uh, the experience to know that all five of those states share a Republican lean, but a real nice nuggety blue center inside of there. There's a lot of uh, union blue happening in there and just old head Democrat party organizing possible. Uh, To illustrate, Montana, as some of you might remember, he ran for president, has a blue governor in a very red state. Amen. So he is going to have some good elections out there. No cheating in Montana. Governor Bullock is a good governor. And while we're mentioning Governor Bullock, hey, he's running for senator in the state of Montana. Why not give him a couple of your dollars as well and definitely donate, support, volunteer anytime that you have. As I've said to Vince in our green room time, it's go time. We're counting down. Uh, it is hard to keep track of sometimes which individual issue we need to fight for and, and, and how we can, indiv- like as individuals, go fight for that one issue. Where do we put our energies? Where do we put our efforts? And uh, here on a plan for that, we've heard your feedback that, uh, that sometimes it, it, a little bit more personal direction could really help. And, and so we've, we've come up with an idea to do a live show this coming weekend uh, to help you come up with your own personal plan for that. You're exactly right, Vince. I am so excited, and it's going to be so much fun. We've already created the title, which is Venting Then Victory. So come on over to the show. Give us a call. Tell us your angst, your pain, your worries, your regrets, your stresses, and then let's collectively change it to motivation, fire, and power. Go elect an army of progressives. So make sure you are following us on Twitter at a plan for that pod so that you do not miss where this live is taking place. It will be on our YouTube channel, which we are so new still does not have a custom URL that I can hand out right now. So the link will definitely be on our Twitter. We'll be sharing it from our personal profiles, from our show's profiles. Um, If you are one of those lucky few who listens to the show on YouTube, you're already there. You're not going to miss this. In fact, hit subscribe and you 100% won't miss our live show. This Sunday, 1 o'clock Central Time is the plan. And we cannot wait to have everybody through to help you, uh, you know, sort out what the heck we're doing in this run up to Election Day. Absolutely. And in the off chance that we don't catch you this time, I have a feeling the live shows will be back. Aaron, it is that beautiful time of the week where we hold ourselves accountable and, uh, and, and we make sure that we are directing our energies the same way that we are asking our audiences to. Um, what have you done this week to stay involved and what are you doing going forward to make sure you do? Absolutely, Vince. So sorry to be a broken record, but I'm yet again volunteering for the nine campaigns that I've been working with this whole entire time. Um, And I've added some campaigns from the five seats to beat the cheat because thank you, Karen Sung. This is so important. And I cannot let this election go by wondering what if I would have done more. And not to sound like a broken record uh, from my side either, but I'm I'm in the streets. Our fights are being fought, but they're not winning. Um, in fact, the the I, it's so important right now to point out that the woman who wrote Brianna's Law, which would end no knock warrants in Kentucky, the the police procedure that led directly to the murder of Brianna Taylor, um, the woman who wrote the legislation, who is the sole. Uh, uh, a black legislator in that state that would end this practice was recently arrested on um, trumped up riot felony charges. Uh, so, I mean, 
we need to track, we need to, we need to really be paying attention to where our activists are right now and, and who the people who are fighting for progressive policy out in our streets, what's happening to them. Um, to that end, this, uh, this coming week, I'm really excited that I'll be traveling to, uh, to D.C. with the Colorado delegation of activists and actionists uh, and the Caravan for Racial Justice um, from all the way from Denver to our, our nation's capital to, uh, to, to, well, I'm going to document, but, but, but so many of our state's leaders are, are going to, to fight and to put their fists in the air and to really, really push for the progressive policy that we all, policy changes that we all need, no need to happen um, in the immediate. And uh, really, it's, it's, it's rare that I ask for anything to come towards me, but if you have a small dollar donation to go towards that, um, pinned to the, top, to the top of my Twitter profile, at Vinny Chant, right now is a link to a, to a GoFundMe page that, yes, we've met the goal, but the more the further we get beyond the goal, like I'm literally watching Tay Anderson buy people plane tickets every day um, as, as we get more donations beyond the goal. So it's, it, it's okay to overachieve sometimes. Please go help contribute to this cause because we have not stopped giving back with it yet. And I'm really looking forward to this trip too, guys. Like this is so cool. <laughs> Absolutely. If any of you listeners out there are always wondering, you know, how are things actually going to happen? What are the concrete steps? This is one of them. Okay. <laughs> this is something that's happening. Leaders are going to fight for you, fight for your rights, fight for racial justice. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, we all can. And yes, we plan. That's what we're doing here every week on A Plan for That. You might not know what you can do yet, but we are going to help you figure it out. Smash that subscribe button to make sure that you do not ever miss an episode. Most importantly, go write a review right now. Text the link to five of your friends and then follow up a couple days later and ask if they've listened. Even if they haven't, ask them to share it out to five of their friends because let's build this army of progressives together, everybody. I am so excited to talk about our next week's guest so that we can sail away on this energy of power, progressive mobilization. Next week, we have Jennifer Cohn coming to talk with us, and she has been doing a lot of work around security in our elections. She's an advocate, researcher, and writer. Most of you have seen her on Twitter, and if you haven't, it's just the beginning. She has so much to tell us about modems and the roles they play. I'm excited. How about you, Vince? I am so excited. There's a Robin Williams movie where uh, where he wins the presidency uh, because of a faulty tech glitch inside of a, um, a an electronic voting machine. And I assume that that is not what we're going to be talking about. But I will be rewatching the film in preparation for the interview. <laughs> That sounds awesome. And all of you should definitely check out our feed where we're going to boost Operation Frederick Douglass, Jennifer Cohn, Karen Sung, all of our friends here at Plan for That Pod. Absolutely. Follow along. Please follow me personally on Twitter. I am at Vinny Chant. Also on Instagram at Vinny Chant and Facebook at producer underscore Vince. I love interacting with you all. I love seeing you all. I do, in fact, love you all. Amen. I feel the same way. I'm super excited about all of our listeners, all of our crowd, all of the progressive voices rising in unison. You can follow me at my personal Twitter feed of at wellness for you. Four is the number you 
13 at wellness for your 13. I'm definitely less restrained there. Please don't be offended by my profane language. <laughs> <laughs> Nor mine. We, we, we don't have the explicit label on this show, but we definitely do have it on our Twitter feeds, everybody. Um, please remember, coronavirus is out there. We are in the middle of a pandemic. It is super serious. Take it seriously. Be safe this week. And, uh, you know, smash that subscribe button, everybody. Absolutely. We'll catch you next week where we'll have more big structural fun.